I got interviewed by Frank Cariso, who is the host of the great podcast called What You Say in English. Welcome to What You Say in English, the podcast where you can get feedback on your speaking skills. Just send your recording and Frank will tell you what you're doing great and where you probably need to improve on. What are you waiting for? We want to hear what you say in English. And quite frankly, I was so nervous when I began the interview. I was so nervous because I thought of what other listeners would think about me. And sometimes I was stuttering or I couldn't find my words. But on the bright side, I mean, this is exactly what we need to do. We need to step out of our comfort zone. Frank pointed out some mistakes and of course I'm gonna learn from them, from the mistakes. It's all that counts. I mean our conversation took about let's say 45 minutes or so and Frank analyzed my speech after that and he gave me feedback as well directly after our conversation and He just makes you feel comfortable and at ease and he's so nice and it's incredible how he gives you positive feedback to improve in your English. So in this episode I want to show you some excerpts from his podcast, from the episode in which he interviewed me and gave feedback. And this will be just a selection. Of course, if you want to listen to the whole episode, you can head over to what you say in English. But now, without any further ado, let's dive into the selection of excerpts. Hi, welcome again to What You Say in English. Today is a special day because, well, I always say that every day is special because we have someone who has a very, very advanced level of English. His name is Daniel, and he also has two other podcasts. Uh, My Fluent Podcast, it's Learn with a Learner, which is incredible. And the other one is about vocabulary. And it's really incredible because they're short clips. I mean, they're, they're probably like three, four minutes each video. And he explains an expression uh, which he has learned. And I think it's a wonderful idea. I think this is something that a lot of people should do. Uh, they should start their own uh, initiative, like in this case, a podcast, and like record the progress they have in English. This is one of the most incredible things that you can do. And I have to tell you, there are more wonderful things that I can say about Daniel than, you know, the things that you might probably need a little bit of help. As I said in the beginning, Daniel is very... Uh, is a learner with a very high level of English. I was surprised to hear how well he can manage the different aspects of, you know, English, his communication skills. I will try to give you examples, like detailed examples of the things he does wonderfully. (laughs) 
Well, as you've heard, the conversation was quite long, and we talked about a lot of interesting topics. As I said in the interview, I had a lot of questions for him to answer, but honestly, I wanted to make sure, I wanted to check how good he could carry on with the conversation, and he did splendidly well, I have to say. So I'm going to start with the things that he might probably need to improve. I'm not saying this because he definitely needs to improve them, but, you know, as a way of, uh, because I know that he would appreciate this kind of feedback. I know that uh, how good a learner he is, and I know that he wants to push himself a little further. And there were three moments. I mean, in the whole conversation, there were only three moments in which the expressions that he used were probably not as, you know, common. It's not usually the things that you would hear in a conversation or something that people would get immediately. The first case was when he said this. It was just a pleasure to listen to your show because it's just my cup of tea, you know. Well, I'm very happy he said those wonderful things about my podcast. I mean, that's my intention, to be honest. But it's we don't usually say, it's just my cup of tea, in a positive sense. Normally, the expression, we use the expression when we talk about something we don't like. And we try to say it politely, elegantly. We say, well, it's not my cup of tea. Let's say you're talking about football. Or soccer. You know, in American English would be soccer. In European uh, uh, English, in British English, for example, it would be uh, football, which I think it makes more sense. I know my, my American friends will kill me, but I think it makes more sense. Um, so if you say, for example, that you don't like football, you might probably want to make it sound softer if you say, it's just not my cup of tea, or it's not really my cup of tea. So we use the expression as a nice way to say that you don't like something. And we normally use it in that sense. We use the expression to talk about something you don't like. And this is where it gets interesting, because in the previous emails, I mean, before doing this interview, Daniel and I uh, exchanged a few emails. And in one of the emails, I remember he used the expression, I mean, when, when he was referring to my podcast, he said, it's right up my alley. So it's right up my alley. That expression means it's exactly what I do. It's exactly what I want. It's exactly what goes with me. So it's, you talk about something you like. So we say, it's right up my alley. You know, alley as in, um, if you remember Harry Potter in the Harry Potter films, uh, Harry, when Harry goes to buy his magic wand, he goes to Diagon Alley. So an alley is like a short street or a way in which people walk, you know, between uh, stores, and that's an alley. So when you say, oh, it's right up my alley, it means that it's, you know, my game, it's the thing that I like doing. There was another instance in which he said this expression. The podcasting helped me to get over my my uh, borders or to get to the limit. And and I understood perfectly what he was trying to say, even though the expression itself sounds a little weird. I mean, the collocation, the type of vocabulary was probably, you know, not appropriate. 
it would sound a little confusing because we don't usually say to get over my borders or my limits. We normally talk about boundaries in, in this sense. And, well, the whole expression could have been phrased in a more simple, simpler way, but I understood what he meant. I mean, it's, it's not really about... I know that the words can be a little confusing to use at times, and I'm not uh, a, a German speaker because I know that one of his, uh, his first language is uh, German. I don't know if, for example, in a way he, uh, he would say that in, in, in German, but in English, we, we, uh, we don't usually use the word border in this context, in this situation. In a way, it's very effective that what he did because he was trying to look for a word. And for the moment, he found those words and he made them effective. I mean, he made them work to the context he was trying, or this, the, the idea that he wanted to transmit. But, you know, sometimes we don't choose the, the, the right word. Even in English, I mean, a lot of the native speakers have problems, and sometimes they probably use the incorrect word in a, you know, situation. And then you have cases of double entendre, in which you say something, but it sounds like you're saying something else. Now let's get to the good stuff. This is the part that I like. One of the most incredible things about Daniel is that he has good control of discourse. He can use a wide variety of connectors, especially to connect very complex ideas. One example is this. I can understand you perfectly because <laughs> as it happens... He used the expression as it happens, and this is a fantastic way... Of course, if you want to use it, you have to do it exactly as he said, um, if you want to make sure that you're using it correctly. You can introduce a wide range of complex expressions with the connector as it happens, which is very, very nice, is this expression. You know, what I want to say is that I was really unsure about all, all of this. And this is a very good example of what we call cleft sentence. And this is good if you want to emphasize something, and you want to change the order of the sentence. He could have said, I want to say da-da-da-da, and this is important, but what I want to say, when you begin the sentence with what, your uh, this is what we call a cleft sentence. And you can, uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful way uh, in which you can introduce something important and you bring that important thing from the last part of the sentence to the beginning of the sentence. If you want to say, for example, I love ice cream, you can say, what I love is ice cream. And of course, you have to use the, you know, the right intonation for that. You can say, uh, if you want to say, for example, um, I didn't like that film, or I didn't like the acting in that film, you can say, what I didn't like was the acting in that film. This is a very uh, good sentence, and it shows that you have control of grammatical resources. In this case, uh, you know, as I said before, it's a cleft sentence. We call it cleft because it's a, cleft means like division. You divide the sentence and you bring to the front what you want to emphasize, what you want to make um, important. And this is something wonderful. So very good, Daniel. Thank you for using that expression. So the rest of the people who listen to my show can learn from you. 
Another thing he said, and take note, I mean, he used quite a few things which were good. Listen. I have to admit that on my very first episode, I had to jot down a full transcript because I was not able to construct sentences on my own. Wasn't that fantastic? I mean, he used, of course, the expression jot down, which is another way of saying write, write down. And it's a, a good, wonderful control of phrasal verbs. Uh, he used construct sentences and things like that. Of course, in the beginning, when he was talking about, you know, producing his podcast, he was uh, talking about how difficult it was for him to uh, be more spontaneous in his uh, speaking production. So, of course, he needed to write down everything. And he used the expression jot down, which is not very common, but it's wonderful. So, thank you, Daniel. As an afterthought, I would say that my conversation with Daniel, which was, I have to tell you, it was a lot longer. I had to, you know, select the, the most wonderful parts of the conversation. We talked about a lot of things. But one thing that I noticed, and this is something that many learners don't usually do, he produced a lot of back channels. Well, I'm afraid this is the end of today's episode, but don't be sad. Don't cry for me. Argentina, well, world in this case. Next week, I'm going to come with a wonderful class about how to tell stories in English, because I think this is something essential, and it's very difficult to tell stories in English. I will give you the steps of how to tell a good anecdote. So I have to thank you, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to my podcast. More people are becoming interested. More people are sending me their recordings. And I promise I will show you, I will, I will showcase what you can do in English, what you can say in English. And I will give you all the feedback that you want to hear. Thank you very much, Frank. It was a pleasure to be part of your podcast. And thank you so much for your positive feedback. I think you could help me out a lot. And also you, you made me feel comfortable. And it's just a great idea to analyze the learner's speech and give feedback. Make it available for all the learners out there. This is such a great idea. I was wondering why this idea came up so late. Because I am very thankful for that, Frank. And I'm sure other English learners as well. And I will say that his show is not only about analyzing the learner's speeches. He also has episodes in which he talks about vocabulary or discourse or on episode one for example he goes about the basics and he talks a lot about pronunciation so it's the whole package and english learners can get out a lot of it and i want to encourage you as well to participate and to visit his website i will put the links in my show notes and Frank is a teacher with more than 20 years of experience 
at a wide range of levels. He is an experienced instructor in standardized Cambridge exams as well as the TEFL and other programs. In fact, he comes with a lot under his belt, meaning he is really experienced in English. But what is important for us here is that he is an official speaking examiner and that he shares his knowledge also through his podcast. So again, if you want to listen to the whole episode of what you say in English, just go to Frank's podcast. And thank you very much for tuning in here on my Fluent Podcast. I am Daniel Goodson and have a good one.